0: Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. The best thing about the Breakthrough Sessions is when my client's entire physiology changes. Their voice changes, even the way they talk about things is completely different than it was before the session. Their entire life has changed in front of my eyes. The spark they had as a child is back. And what's so beautiful is that they are the exact client I need right now. Because whatever they release, I release too. I learn so much about myself every session and the client releases a seed that connects all the problems in their life. The client is realigned in their mind, body, and spirit. That's the breakthrough session. So go to mountainmindtricks.com and sign up for a discovery session so we can chat, learn more about each other and see if you're a good fit for a breakthrough session. Go to mountainmindtricks.com. When you listen to the Sacred Ancestry podcast, you're supporting wildland firefighters and their mental health journey. So thank you and I appreciate you. Please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast so I can become the best podcaster I can be. You can become a Patreon, which means donating $10 a month will get you two free rollers of essential oils or $50 a month, and that's one free coaching session per month. So I want you to subscribe and leave a review so I can become the best podcaster possible. Thank you, and I appreciate you. Hello, welcome to the show, and I'm so excited for my guest today, Stephanie Zamora. She's an author and coach, and she had me on her podcast a while ago, and what a wonderful human, and I'm so excited to have her on Sacred Ancestry today. And Stephanie, can you introduce yourself and, and kind of tell us a little bit you know, how your journey was coming into writing books, uh, being a coach, and what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to chat. Your interview was one of my favorite on my show, so it's so fun to be connecting again. And the way that I talk about my work is that purpose is my purpose. And I run a media company that is centered around helping people really uncover and live their purpose and and we focus on that at all points on the journey so everything from healing and finding wholeness in the aftermath of challenging chapters and big life transitions to uncovering your passions and purpose to organizing your life and career around it and at the other end, we have a design branding and marketing agency to really help people get their message out into the world and my journey here has been very organic. And I feel like that's sometimes frustrating, sometimes also the best ways to get to our purpose work. But I went to school for graphic design and was originally working at different design firms and started my own design business. And then around 2011, started to really lean into what really lit my soul on fire, which was to just write about how I saw the world and things that I was going through and at the time when I was 21 years old I was going through a quarter life crisis <laughs> which I was doing a little bit early for anyone who doesn't know it's very similar to midlife crisis only you have it in your early to mid 20s and just started questioning like is is this all there is to life and I knew that I had a talent and passion for design but it wasn't what I was here to do. I I knew there was something more for me to be doing. The design felt like a tool to do more in the world. And so I started a blog and I just started writing about what I was going through and started supporting people around really making sense of who they were and what they wanted as well and launched my first online program, which was called Foundations for Unshakable Joy and was really just about feeling solid in yourself and what your passions are and really aligning your life around that, which was the work that I had been doing. And all of my program members started uncovering their passions and becoming very entrepreneurial. And so I started doing business coaching because I had been running a design business the entire time and started helping them build businesses and brands and all of that and get out into the world and built a really thriving business by 2014. And at that time I was running a business building program as well, had a great team. I really only did sales calls and then handed off like design clients to my team. And I had published my first awesome life tips book and was just in a really good place in life. And the only thing that wasn't working for me was my relationship that I had been in for a couple of years and ended that relationship. And he ended up committing suicide couple of weeks later so he started showing up started stalking me and and when i asked him to leave me alone he committed suicide and that just absolutely flattened me and flattened my life and my business i mean everything just came to a screeching halt i think anyone who's been through anything big or challenging or traumatic knows that it just it doesn't matter if everything externally is still going in the right direction the energy just gets sucked out of it so my business came to a halt i had pretty bad PTSD from it. So I would drive in circles around my house because in the time it took me to lap the block, I would actually forget that I was going home. Um, I couldn't put my own life story in order. I couldn't tell you what I did yesterday. I didn't know who half the clients on my client list were, some of whom had been with me for years. And I couldn't build websites anymore, which was something I had taught myself to do. So I had to really go through a healing journey around healing trauma and reclaiming myself and reorienting to my life and finding my footing again. And that PTSD led me into an abusive, toxic relationship because I had no brain. I couldn't make sense of what I was doing and what was wrong. And all of that combined led to a whole slew of health issues. I had adrenal fatigue so bad I would get exhausted just walking from the couch to the kitchen. I had really severe anxiety and panic attacks, back and hip pain so bad that I couldn't really walk or move or even lie down comfortably and developed dysphagia, which is when you stop swallowing. So I could not swallow anything for nine days, including my own saliva. And that was a very intense death and rebirth moment. And it was nearly a year before I could eat and drink normally. So throughout all of this, just learned a ton about healing and rebuilt my business, wrote a memoir about that entire chapter and have, you know, since revived everything I've built in a new light, which is around just helping people heal and be who they're here to be. But yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. And thank you so much for sharing. And, and, uh, uh that's such a hard thing to go through. And, and, you know, personally, one of my best friends committed suicide in high school and, I think that was that was yeah. really traumatic for me as well and it's it's so tough when that happens around us and again I just thank you and I appreciate your story because suicide is um it's a major it's a major thing in the world right now and has been for a while and yeah. that journey is is so beautiful how organic it started and and uh how these traumas in our life sometimes they are you know they teach us something so empowering like healing and And uh, I know for me, like the the healing journey that I went through, it serves me so much now. I'm curious if that's a place you're in now of like that journey was so hard and the circumstances were so terrible, but how do you feel about it now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I always kind of describe it as I have a very deep sense of gratitude for everything that I have been through. And it's important to note that I don't I don't feel that gratitude without also feeling my heartbreak a little bit more each time. And it's an inter- interesting duality to loss and trauma and grief. And I wouldn't, I can't imagine, you know, I would never, I'm never grateful for his death. I'm never grateful for any of that or the abuse or anything else that I went through necessarily, but I am so grateful for where, where I am in life and how much, richer it has made every aspect of my life and especially my work and it has shifted my relationship to myself and to the people in my life and to how I show up and what I believe and i really you know i i talk a lot about how life is always shaping us we go through these experiences and i personally i do believe everything happens for a reason i just don't believe that that's always spiritual or divinely inspired. Sometimes it's just human and, and the human experience is very chaotic and messy. And so things happen and and we decide the meaning to make from them and they shape us into more of who we're here to be. And they have certainly everything I've been through has certainly shaped my life and my work and who I am. And my work has far more impact now because of it. And I feel far more equipped to help the people that I really want to help and really believe that when we're our most broken and beaten down from these things that we go through, we're actually closest to everything that we want. And so everything, it's its fun, fun and funny and strange to look back at my life and my work before and see how great it was in its own way and also how flat it was because it wasn't as rich as it is now. And I wasn't as experienced. And so I, I do have a deep sense of, gra- sense of gratitude and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And yet at the same time, that doesn't mean that I'm grateful for all the things that I went through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, I, I want to, um, you know, ask you about your healing journey a little bit more specifically on some of the things that you did to overcome the anxiety, the pain in your body. Um, I'm just so curious because your story sounds so similar to mine of the symptomology of, of a trauma. And then maybe six months to a year later, it's like all this craziness starts happening in in your body and your mind. Um, I'm curious on like, what are some of the things that helped you so much with, with those symptoms that you had going on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and and we did have a great conversation about how yours showed up too and it shows up so differently for everyone. Every aspect was a little bit different. So every symptom was the result of something different than I had experienced and it all started in the grief and the trauma of the loss. Like the PTSD was a direct result of the sudden bereavement and going from feeling like I understood the people in my life and how life worked in the world to feeling just completely shaken and thrown off kilter and somebody that I in some ways felt the safest with at times was also somebody that um, I didn't know at all. And, and had I been, you know, there's lots of conversations I've had since the loss with his family and friends. And there's a clear sense that had I still been in Colorado, I actually went out of town the morning after I asked him to leave me alone, you know, there's a very good chance that I could be dead too. And so all of this really just messed with my mind. And the PTSD, what helped me the most there was doing deep process work. So processing out the emotions and all of the things left unsaid or things I didn't feel like I could say because they're not you know politically correct when somebody has committed suicide and and being able to voice those and feel all of those I did a really deep process work it's called the journey and it's created by Brandon Bays and one of my closest friends and mentor at the time gave me my first process because the PTSD was just so bad I couldn't function anymore and I didn't know how I was going to make money or do anything I needed to do and he gave me a 2 hour process that just broke me open. And after doing that deeper process, I was sick for like a week, like all of this stuff just came out. And then I started getting my memory back. And from there, it was really learning how what my new brain was like. So trauma really rewires and reconfigures our neurology very quickly in an instant and and really understanding how the brain worked and why and what happened when I was triggered or, or panicky helped me start to separate from the experience and be like, well, I went through this thing and this is what happened to my brain as a result. And now when these sorts of things happen, it triggers something in my brain and and really learning how to ground. And that was a big part of healing the PTSD. The physical stuff, the back and the hip pain was really being able to look at and heal some of the abuse that I was experiencing in the relationship that I ended up in because of the PTSD and being able to speak about it. I went to therapy. I had coaches. I went to energy workers and chiropractors who had a energetic focus and really had to work with my body to release some of that in different ways. And then the swallowing was, that was, that was the hardest. And it's still something that I deal with today because the swallowing was a direct, almost literal manifestation of me being unable to swallow my truth anymore and having the PTSD ending up in the bad relationship, having a lot of grief that was still moving through and not feeling safe or feeling able to express it and and stuffing my wants and needs down and shutting down, dissociating because of the trauma and abuse in the relationship, all of that manifested as not being able to swallow. And I went to all these specialists. I tried all the physical things. It was one of those things where I really almost hoped that they could find something wrong with me (laughs) because then they could fix it and I could swallow and eat and drink again. But it was a result of anxiety. It was how massive anxiety and truth swallowing and shutting down and, and hiding within myself started manifesting. And I learned very quickly that speaking my truth is one of the fastest ways to remedy it. And so even to this day, if I don't speak my truth, if I don't honor my needs in a really important way, back then it was any amount of it would trigger the swallowing, which was very unfortunate. And I had to go into what I called my honey badger phase. I don't know if you've seen the video um, with narration about the honey badger. And I wrote a whole chapter about this in my book. It was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't, um, give a crap what other people wanted or needed. And it didn't mean I didn't care, but it was like my life and health literally depended on honoring my truth and my needs and being rude or canceling plans or walking out of something in the middle of it if I needed to saying no. I had to get really, really rooted in those boundaries and I had to do it about every little thing. And now it's if it's a really big truth that I don't realize I'm swallowing, if it's a situation that I really absolutely cannot or should not be in, my swallowing will still act up. And so it, it was for all of them really looking at, well, what's actually the root of this, not just the symptom.
0: Wow. That is such a powerful story. And thank you again so much for sharing. Um, it's just thank you. And I appreciate everything you're talking about. And, and this is so interesting because, um, I I just, I love how similar our journeys are and how tough it was for both of us, you know, and, and it's, what's, what's mind blowing here is I'm actually, I'm currently reading a book called The Divided Mind and uh, by John Sarno. And it's all about the psychosomatic symptomology of, of um, illnesses and how emotions and subconscious beliefs are so connected to the body. And he's actually, you know, he's a medical doctor speaking about this, which is very rare and it's so amazing to hear him speak about or write about how it's almost like 80 to 90% of things inside of our body is actually psychosomatic especially like pain yeah. and and i had neck pain and back pain and knee pain my all my joints were messed up for a while during my my healing journey and um it's so interesting when when i hear people talk about that especially in my NLP coaching world it's like or um in these books or uh, mentors it's just like wow i truly did experience that you know i didn't have swallowing but i had headaches like i would get a headache and i would just completely spiral out like like to the ends of the earth i was gonna lose it you know because i had a headache and um yeah it's interesting how our mind and body and how truly connected it is right electromagnetic frequencies or emfs are affecting your body right now The World Health Organization reports that EMFs can cause headaches, anxiety, depression, nausea, fatigue, loss of libido, and sleep disturbances. What if you could protect yourself from the EMF fogs and the 5G rollouts? I've been trying products from Essential Vibes and I noticed a huge difference. The live blood tests show that your blood flow increases with less globules. You sleep better, have more balance, and the muscle testing proves this. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection to learn more. I was so impressed with these products. I had to add this to my natural wellness program. So check out essential vibes and go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fascinating. And I've learned, I've learned anytime something physical happens, if my hip acts up, um, for example, or my lower back hurts to not just assume, oh, I tweaked it. Oh, I'm getting older. It's like, okay, let's take a beat. Let's tune in. Let's see what's here that maybe I'm not addressing. What's old that's been triggered? You know, I, before pandemic times, I was at the gym and I had been training with a trainer for quite a while and went one day by myself and did a warm up um, on the squat rack with. Like five pounds or something on the bar just to warm up and didn't do anything different than he had helped me with. And my my back just tweaked out. And I remember thinking, okay, this is not anything to do with the squat rack because I had gotten into an uncomfortable and hard and triggering conversation with my partner right before. And there was old things were coming up. And it's, it's really learning to tune into your body because our bodies are so wise and they're always trying to communicate with us. And when we can really take the time to listen and tune in and go deeper than we're used to going, that's when we can really heal from all of the ailments.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And it's, it's so amazing. And, and, uh, gosh, I, I love this discussion because I guess recently, like I had somebody in my life that I was like, you know what, it's just, this relationship is not serving me anymore. Like not, not anybody like super close to me, more, more of a a work situation. And it's just like, I I set boundaries and I enforce those boundaries. And that's really like, that is, that's hard, right. To really enforce those boundaries of like, you know what, we're, our relationship's over. And uh, like the next week I got a canker sore and it's like, wow, that's how stressed (laughs) I was. That is amazing. I can't believe that, that I, cause I didn't feel that stressed out about it, but I was, And that was my body telling me, like, man, you really got to, like, own that, like, own that situation and really deal with it and process it. And, and, uh, yeah, it's so important, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's an important point that you brought up, because when we are growing and healing, there's a lot of letting go. And I went through a ton of that in my own growth, especially after the loss and the trauma and And not just people that were toxic, but people that are humans that we love, people that really held me or showed up for me in different ways. And at some point in my own growth and healing, they became an environment that was no longer supportive or the relationship asked me to stay smaller or stay where I was because they weren't in growth. And I think it's just really important to acknowledge that with growth comes out growing, we're always... If, especially if we're committed to our growth and healing it's almost like we're always passing through if other people aren't growing as well and and there's no need for them necessarily to grow with us I'm not saying that it's wrong if they're not but if we're constantly on a growth and healing journey it's just very common to need to let go of people as we do this
0: yeah so true and and it's hard you know especially the ones that are close to us that we love that we care about or you know, friends for a long time. It's just like, um, yeah, and it's, it's something I've been working on the last couple of months of just like, you know, cleaning up my life in that way, cleaning up the relationships. Um, you know, my my um, romantic relationship is perfect. I, I just have the best relationship ever. Um, but it's more about like the, rela- the outskirts of the relationships, the extended, extended family or the extended cousin or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like those extended friends that are all those things so it's, it's just amazing to clean that up and how much more yeah. energy you have um, I wanted to go back to I want to ask you a little bit more about the journey and what that is and in deep processing work and and you don't have to tell us about your journey right because I know that's really really specific but like what process is that like what what is happening there like what is the um, yeah can you explain that for us
1: Absolutely. It's in a really incredible body of work that I was, again, introduced to through my mentor at the time. And the best way to describe it, there's lots of different frameworks or scripts that practitioners use. And essentially, it's it's almost like a guided visualization and requires a lot of improv on the practitioner's part. And it's something I've since learned how to do and incorporated into my work too, because it's so incredible. But The goal of that particular type of process work, and again, it's called The Journey by Brandon Bayes, is to reach forgiveness and to empty out. And it's based around the concept, idea of cellular healing. And the woman who created it, Brandon, she actually healed a basketball-sized tumor in her abdomen through learning how to develop this work and kind of doing it for herself. And, And the idea is that we drop through our emotions, we drop into the deepest part of ourself, which they call source. Um, and we access our expansive emotional version of what source is. So I always drop into love. I know people who drop into joy, drop into peace, but we move through all the contractive emotions through this pocket that's called the void, into the expansive emotions into our sense of source. And from there, we go into it's a campfire process. And in this particular type of work, you bring certain people to the campfire. And those certain people might actually be younger versions of yourself. And it only works if you're really willing to empty out. And I think that's what's so hard. And this is why all of this stuff gets stuck in our cells, and our bones and our tissue. And we have to do these deeper processes. And we start to experience, you know, the physical manifestations of it, because All the emotions that we've stuffed down, all the things that we haven't said, it just goes into our body and it festers. And so you really have to talk to the other person and you have to do it out loud with as much heart and energy and fierceness as you can. And you can't filter yourself. You can't worry about saying the wrong thing or what will someone think of me. You just have to really empty it out until you can reach forgiveness, either forgiveness of yourself or the other person or both, so that you're able to be free of it. And it's it's really incredible work. I, I highly recommend it.
0: Wow, this is so interesting. I love this because there's there's so many pieces in here I, I want to talk about. And and I think one of them is that as a hypnotherapist, you know, when I hypnotize people or I call it a guided meditation because that's all hypnosis is. Maybe we have a little um embedded command or whatever or suggestion. But in that moment i'm i'm journeying with them i'm going through the visualization like i'm imagining you know my version of it and i feel like that's so important to really feel that journey as the practitioner that's so amazing that the what you're talking about is is um is going with the person and and i've always thought of of that kind of like um you know because hypnosis is so western and it's almost like Western, like modernized shamanism in a way. I've always thought that because like there's like one specific um, example I can think of is, is I had a client that was had this um, like they just kept coming back to this thought of like there's like like I don't know what's wrong with me, but there's like this computer board like th- there's a circuit broken in the computer board. And it was like, well, we actually went and did a hypnosis with that and and fixed the computer chip and fixed the connections and all that. And yeah. their problems went away. It's like, whoa, that yeah. is insane. And, and um, <laughs> I also wanted to just hit on like the, um, it sounds like a lot like Ho'oponopono where I don't know if you're super familiar with like kind of the yeah. uh, Hawaiian version of forgiveness, right? But how we, in that version, we bring up people to the stage and we bring like everybody out. Like the first time you do it, it's like, Oh my God, there's like 500 people on the stage. What is wrong with me? Um, and you know, and it's like forgiving each person, like, until it's truly like, like you said, just letting it all go. And wow. I could see how that completely changes your, your, like you said, your DNA, your cells, you're kind of redoing the whole body at that point. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And there's even certain types of journey process work where you can go into certain areas of your body, especially if you have physical pain. But I love what you said about the hypnosis. And it's very similar. I imagine you have to improv quite a bit too. I mean, you you drop in with somebody and they're like, No, I won't go there. No, there's nothing here. I don't know. Um, And you have to be you have to like meet them there and say, Okay, well, what if we go this way? Or what if we get you a shovel? Or who can we bring in that can help you? And it's it's really this kind of fascinating, fun, well, fun as the practitioner, I guess. It's not always fun when you're in it, (laughs) but it's it's like, how do we get you to where you need to go? And how do we work with what the mind is throwing up as a stopping point for you and really helping them access the parts that they need? So the hypnosis sounds very similar and very cool.
0: Yeah. So I want to ask you, because I think you're an amazing person. You're going to have like the best answer ever is like, what is this place? What is this place where we go into our minds, where we have these visualizations or meditation, hypnosis, ayahuasca? It doesn't matter how you get there. Right. But what is this place to you? Like, what do you, like, is it the spirit realm? Like what, what is it to you?
1: Yeah, I love that question. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. And some people look at me like I'm crazy when I do, but I don't care. They just haven't experienced it yet. (laughs) Um, You know, my work has very much been shaped by the journey process work because I was going through so much of my own grief and healing when I was introduced to it. And I was obsessed with this concept of the void and dropping into source. And I was obsessed with it because I had had experiences like it on my own before before any of my loss or trauma had happened and so this idea of the void and journey work is all of the contractive emotions sit on the top so anger fear sadness anything that's contractive they're not bad or wrong they're just contractive and when we drop through those we hit this point of nothing or unknown or it feels empty, or it feels like certain death, death. and this is called the void, and when we can move through the void, most people can't drop through it on their own, because it's terrifying, nobody likes to be in emptiness, or darkness, or feel like they're going to be consumed by something, especially when you're doing this deeper emotional work, but when you can move through the void, that's when you access all of the expansive emotions, and you access source, so whatever that is to you, if that's god the energy that is spirit the universe we drop into source and and i love this so much because when i was gosh i must have been 23 or 24 i was incredibly depressed and unhappy and i was living in hawaii at the time and there was one night i got in a fight with my then boyfriend and went driving around the island and ended up at this overlook i had to pull over i was crying so hard and had this experience that I can now look back and describe as like accidentally slipping and falling through the void and it was almost like an out-of-body experience like there I was sobbing depressed hating life feeling lost and broken and next thing I know I felt like I could still feel myself sitting in the car at the overlook but the rest of me all of me my soul my being was like floating out amongst the stars, (laughs) like out in the universe. And it was an incredible experience because I felt so deeply connected to something more than me. And I was raised Catholic, but I hadn't been religious in years. I hadn't been spiritual. Um, I don't, you know, I didn't really have a belief in anything other than maybe my intuition. But in that moment, it was like, I was connected to something greater than me. And I knew I was connected to Whatever made the universe tick, like whether that was God or spirit or just the energy floating around. And I felt at peace and joyful and tapped into who I was supposed to be. Like I had been working so hard to find myself for so long and feeling like I was failing and feeling unhappy and miserable and like I didn't understand how the world worked. But when I had that little slip, I just felt I knew who I was, I knew exactly who I wanted to be, what it felt like to be her, I had this point of reference, like this experiential point of reference. And I tried to cling to it as long as I could. But eventually, I came back into my body, and I was calm, and fine and happy and just drove myself home. And it gave me this guidepost to start moving towards. And I started to create That sense of self, that feeling in my everyday life. And as soon as I met it, I would have another experience that was very similar. And it kept pulling me forward. And it was the first time in my life I really got traction. I really felt happy and I felt this trust and faith in myself and in something greater. And it was life changing. And so when I learned that this was a part, this idea of the void was a part of the process work, I was just like, oh, heck yes, like I know all about that. I have experienced it. And the way I see the void is it's the gateway and the void shows up in a lot of ways, but it's essentially the point at which we usually stop. The point at which we stop feeling or experiencing or being present because it feels like too much, like it's going to consume us. If we can go beyond that edge, then we can access everything that we want. And I, my spiritual take on all of it is really, we come into this life as fractions of our whole self and that's because this realm is the way that it is this world is the way that it is and it's almost like we have amnesia being born here we don't remember who we are or what's true about the universe and we start navigating our life and getting lost in everything and I have really begun to believe that it's like our aspects of our whole self get left behind intentionally It gets left behind to kind of simmer and source and truth, untouched, um, unaltered, just pure. And we have access to that whole self at any time. We just were never given the, the skills or the tools. And so this work, whether you're meditating or doing hypnosis or doing a process or you're just having a nervous breakdown on an overlook one night, when you drop through and you tap into that, it's like you're able to access everything that has always been there and is always available to you and is just pure truth. And I think the one of my missions with my work um, and work that I want to create in the coming years is how do we teach people how to access that part, that truth, that source, that higher self, all of it, but not just access it. How do we teach people how to bring it back with them and really integrate it and live by it and, and shift their life and live their purpose and contribute and all the things? And so that's, that's my long-winded answer to what I think that is. I think it's just, it's, it's source, whatever that is to you. And it's your truth, everything you've always been that just, it doesn't, it doesn't come in <laughs> through the birth canal with us.
0: Wow, this that is so amazing. Thank you. That like I had this major insight while you were talking of like, have you ever heard of David Hawkins and kind of his map of consciousness, if you will? And yeah. yeah, and so while you were speaking about that, I was like, oh wow, it's so interesting that there's like these negative emotions in this void where I've been to the void for sure, and there's just nothing. It's just there is nothing. There's no yeah. feelings. There's no happiness. There's no sadness. Just nothing. And it kind of made me feel like in his map of consciousness, there's these negative emotions, um, anger, sadness, you know, all those ones where they kind of up the scale you go, it kind of gets into this neutral area before it kind of crosses this threshold into the first happy or positive emotion. It made me think like, wow, are the emotions really that powerful? Like kind of the gauge, the dial, if you will, of our consciousness, right?
1: Absolutely. Emotions are life and they're so powerful and And that's a big part of my mission in in life and my work is to get people feeling. I mean, we spend so much of our lives shut down and afraid of our emotions and thinking that some are good and some are bad, but they are always the answer. And it's just learning how to feel them and really understanding that you'll survive them. And that if you can feel them all the way through productively, so we're not swimming in them, we're not stuffing them, we're not telling stories about them. It's just the raw emotion. You move through that void, that pocket, and you're you know, it's death and rebirth, you're, you're thrust into something else, and you're able to access everything that you want. And I remember in my hardest days of grief, and I'm so grateful, I instinctively just knew to feel, but I would have moments where I was crying so hard that I didn't think I would get up off the kitchen floor. And even though intellectually, I knew, you can't really die from crying. It was like, this is it. This is, I'm just going to disappear into the sadness. It's going to consume me. And yet every time I let myself go there anyways, I would break through it. And it didn't mean that I was always happy, but I was more able to experience the gratitude and the joy and the peace. And I had emptied it out so it wasn't festering inside of me.
0: Wow. I love that so much because when I think about my grieving time in my journey, I don't think I grieved at all. Like I had no idea concept. I know everybody involved in, in uh, my captain passing away was like, we just got drunk. Like we just got drunk for like yeah. three or four months, you know, and um, I don't think I really grieved at all. And, and it took me a long time to realize that the grief turned into anxiety and all that whole, that whole scenario. But yeah, it's so interesting how that grief is, it's not just a, an emotional, it's like physical, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very physical. I nobody ever told me that grief hurts so much. It hurt to be inside. Like my skin hurt, (laughs) and my body hurt. And I had never had anxiety before. I might have been anxious here or there about things, but I had never experienced anxiety. And every single day would I would wake up and it would be there at a simmer. And eventually, by the end of the day, it would just boil over. And my joints hurt. My body hurt. everything just hurt.
0: Yeah, so true. And same experience for me. And, and so I want to ask you um, a little bit about some of the things that you do for your clients. And one of them is, is the subconscious strategy. And the other one is, if I get this right, the five phase matrix. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of different things. Um, the subconscious piece is is across everything that we do and is a big part of the five phase you know how to make the impossible happen matrix because whether we're trying to do big cool things in the world or we're just trying to heal from these really hard things that we go through like we all know what it feels like to have something that seems impossible and the subconscious piece is so important regardless of the conversation because we think we have free will. We think that we're out making conscious choices for ourselves in our lives. And if we don't understand our subconscious, then we're not making, we're not in control at all. We're being run by that subconscious piece, which is formed at a very young age. Like since the moment that we're born until about, you know, people say different things, it's about five to seven years old before our conscious mind comes online. And what that means is that we don't have the ability to accept or reject information we are existing in a world of man-made like synthetic systems including family systems and educational system and societal systems and we come in wide open with no ability to accept or reject and whatever environment that we're in whatever beliefs surround us whether that's in our family or culturally or at school they just go right in and this forms the basis for how we see and engage with the world and because of this, we develop a winning strategy. And my favorite book in the world is The Last Word on Power by Tracy Goss. She writes a lot about doing the impossible from the perspective of leadership and executive reinvention, but it's applicable for anything. And I've I've really kind of obsessively studied her work for the last, I don't even know, five years, I think now. It's inherent to how I think and is a big part of my work. But she talks about this winning strategy. And the winning strategy is based on all of this subconscious stuff so we come into the world and we start to see that some things are possible and others are not and our only goal as children is to stay safe and secure and as we get older we add on successful to that so we have this strategy that we don't actually develop it develops us because it is rooted in the subconscious and our core wound and our personality type and all of these factors that make us who we are before We can even register what's happening (laughs) in our life or in the world. And this winning strategy is, again, based on the idea that some things are possible and others are not. And our goal is to stay safe, secure, and successful. And so we start to learn that if I behave in these ways, if I show up in these ways, if I do things in this way, your way of being, you start to operate in this certain way, you can produce, quote unquote, winning results, whatever that is for you, keeping food on the table getting somebody to love you, um, maintaining a job, whatever it is. And this winning strategy, anytime you activate it, which is all of the time before you're aware of it, you bring, you know, consciousness to it, you can see it and unpack it, is compensating for some things are possible and impossible. So when there's something that we want that's impossible, again, whether that's healing and finding a new sense of wholeness after these challenging chapters or uncovering our purpose or being in a great relationship or having all the money we could want, or building a business or writing that book. All of these things feel impossible because of our winning strategy, because of the very thing that we activate every single day in every single situation that has produced all of these other successful results. And so that's a big part of everything that I do is, is really, we have to know ourselves. We have to know our personalities and what makes us different, but most importantly, we have to understand our core wound and our core wound boils down to some version of the same few things, which is I'm unlovable. I'm not, I'm not enough, not good enough, not smart enough, not whatever enough, um, or I'm damaged and broken. And We have our own flavor of it, but this core wound is what we're compensating for. And when we're compensating for that, because the world has shown us before we can make sense of it that this is how things are, then we go out in our life and we're operating from this old, outdated, inaccurate program that just runs automatically. And so I'm always about it doesn't matter what you're doing, (laughs) if you haven't unpacked your subconscious programming, if you don't understand your winning strategy, if you haven't shine light on your core wound. Like you, you can try making conscious choices all day, but you're not actually in control. You don't actually understand your motivation. You don't see how you're self-sabotaging, which we all do, or how you're trying to control in certain ways and when in others that are actually hindering you from what you're doing.
0: Do you have perfect health? Could you improve your sleep, immune system, or energy levels? What about muscle recovery or detoxing from the fire season? I've been using the essential oils for a few months now and I've been getting perfect sleep. My immune system is top notch and I feel amazing. Essential oils are plant allies that support our bodies in a million different ways. On Guard supports your immune system, lemon helps you detox the heavy metals from the smoke, and the peppermint will release your head tension in seconds. Support your healing journey and go to mountainmindtricks.com essential-oils. Essential oils are hundreds of pounds of pure organic plant material. Press into a tiny amount of liquid, which means the essential oil is a powerful ally. So go to mountainmindtricks.com/essential-oils. That's mountainmindtricks.com/essential-oils. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So true. Resonate with all of that amazing work that you do. Like I can just, I can just tell all of your clients have the biggest transformation of all time. It's just amazing and beautiful what you do. Thank you. And and I wanna I wanna open this up a little bit to um, very similar to the work that I do and what's so interesting is that sometimes the subconscious mind is before birth, as in like something where I'm working on with a client is is during the actual birth and, and it's it's surprising. I would say almost thirty to forty percent of my clients have like a during birth trauma. Um or like in the womb or some, you know, once in a while, there's a past life or genealogical thing going on. And I'm, and I'm curious on on your thoughts on this, like, where does our consciousness come in? Like, how does that, um, like, how does a client have like they're three months into pregnancy and they, they can hear and understand exactly what their parents are saying? Like, and I mean, like you're saying, they've created a belief out of it. So they knew, exactly what their parents were fighting about or stressing about they understood those words because they have that belief it's so wild it just it kind of it really blows my mind of like when does uh, the consciousness start and end and i just don't know i think it's there forever right
1: (laughs) right yeah it's i love that question and i don't know that i have the answer either but i will say um Oh, and I can't remember the author. I think it's Trinidad Hunt wrote this book, which I I don't even know if you can get anymore. I know she self published it many moons ago, but it's called The Operator's Manual for Planet Earth, and it's a fiction story. And I loved it the first time I read it, and this was probably back right after my first accidental slip into the void. And she tells this sweet little story about souls and how you know souls are up in Soul School before they come down to Earth on their assignment and. They have amnesia when they get here and, you know, they wander through life and they're all trying to, basically the goal is to remember who they are and to show up fully. And I thought it was the sweetest thing. And so much of my own experiences with working with the void and dropping into source and learning how to mine around in there and make sense of things and healing, like I really resonate with that idea. And I think consciousness, I mean, it's, this is science or physics, or, you know, I never know which one to categorize it under, but energy can't be destroyed. And consciousness to me, in my mind, is just energy. It's the energy of us and who we are. And so when we die, you know, whatever your beliefs are, that consciousness has to go somewhere. You can call it our soul, you can call it just energy, but it has to go somewhere. And there have to be instances where it stays together and you come back as someone or something else. But I I feel that that has to be the case as well. When we're born, before we come into this life, like we have a mission, we have a purpose. It's predetermined who we're here to be. And yes, this earthly life shapes us. And, you know, we adjust and adapt to that as we go through it. It's not all 100% preset, but when it's time for us to come into this life, I feel like whatever makes us who we are, our soul or consciousness, it already is formed whatever that form is or isn't and so it makes perfect sense to me that even if our physical human cells haven't even formed into a little body yet and we don't even have our little ears yet like of course other energy around us is impressing pressing onto the energy of our consciousness and that's that's the thing that I find so powerful about our universe and I really want to study more about Just all of it, all of it from a scientific perspective, even to physics and quantum physics, to really be able to speak more intellectually about it. But in short, like we live in a vibrational frequency based universe, and everything is made up of energy. Energy is everything, and everything is energy. Our consciousness is energy. And if we're in the womb and our parents are fighting, or there's abuse or trauma of course that impresses onto our energy. I, you know, that's just, that's all intuition is, is being able to pick up on the different frequencies of energy. And and until we learn to set energetic boundaries and ground and all of that stuff, like we get impacted by other people throwing their energy around. So why wouldn't it impress upon us in the womb?
0: Yeah. Wow. So powerful. I, and, uh, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to expand on or um, that we haven't hit on yet?
1: I don't think so. One thing I always like to, to say when I'm talking about anything is context and discernment are so important. You know, we all have different experiences. We're all unique personalities with different traumas. We all have trauma <laughs> and and life experiences and backgrounds and beliefs and values and the way that I describe this work is similar but different to the way that you describe this and is similar but different to the way someone else would and how to navigate this work for yourself I think the most critical piece is context and discernment like we can talk about these incredible ideas and our experiences all day long but the way I approached healing and growth and living my purpose doesn't mean it's right for you just the same as it isn't right for someone else. And, and I wish that I had learned earlier on that context and discernment were so important because some of the most brilliant, most wise, experienced, you know, well-informed and educated humans that I love dearly traumatized or re-traumatized or damaged me the most in my healing. And that is because they weren't able to bring context into the equation and I wasn't able to discern, you know, what is right for me in this moment? Does this apply to my journey or does it not? Does this feel kind of right, but not quite. And should I seek something else out? Like, and that's the beauty of this world is there's, you know, I do process work. You do hypnosis. There's so many modalities and bodies of work and information available to us. And Discernment is everything. I, I really wish that I had understood that earlier. It would have saved me a lot of time and heartache. <laughs> um, but it's something I just I I preach endlessly now. Context and discernment. You know what's right for you.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. So important is to really trust yourself and know what's good for you. And uh wow, what a beautiful message. What an amazing podcast. And and how can people find you? Do you have new programs, new books? Like, what do you have going on? Where can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, you can find me at Stephanie com, and I spell my name S-T-E-P-H-E-N-I-E Z-A-M-O-R-A and that's kind of my hub and you can shoot off in any direction. You can see my books, different websites and brands we have, different social media, all of it is there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and and uh, I really appreciate your story. Your Everything we've talked about is just so monumental and And, uh, I hope the audience listening is so inspired and please reach out to Stephanie because I can tell you, she's an amazing healer, amazing coach, amazing author. So go check her out, check out her website, check out her stuff because wow, thank you. And, uh, I hope we've helped you find just a little bit more of your sacred ancestry to dive a little bit deeper in who you really are into that divine source, your soul, your original instructions. So I just want you to go out there and find your sacred ancestry.